Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and briefly the resurrection or the word in Greek is uh, called Anastasius or the feminine name is Anastasia which sometimes we call our girls by this name. So Anastasia is a good biblical name which means resurrection. So today we celebrate the Anastasis which is the Christian faith that God has raised Jesus after his crucifixion. <coughs> and this was proved by the witnesses from the Jews and from the Romans and also by the historians, main, main of them were Jews. The main idea here about the resurrection is Resurrection is a central theology of Christianity. Means, if Jesus was not crucified, we don't have life. <clears throat> and he could be like any one, like any good prophet or whatever that he came and had the message and then died, but still in the grave. But Jesus was not. Jesus is a living God. And the death cannot overcome Jesus. So the central theology of Christianity is resurrection. Otherwise, it will be like any other religion or any other followers of a prophet that he came and died. And you know many of those are false prophets. So the only difference between Christianity and others is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection means a life. So Jesus is a living God and because he raised from the dead, we will be alive with him forever. And today, <clears throat> my speech to you will be divided into two parts. The first part, which is so important, <clears throat> because I believe many of us don't know exactly what is the story of resurrection. We have information from there, here and there, but this information are not complete. So today I will tell you the correct, complete story of resurrection, and then I will talk about the power of resurrection in our lives. The story of resurrection came on Sunday, which is very early on Sunday after the Good Friday when Jesus died on the cross. And so they buried him and very early on Sunday, he came 
to life. So what is mentioned in some uh, verses in the Gospels can show the full story. So this full story is so good for you to know. Number one, we have the scene of people were in the story and most of them were women. So the heroes of this scene of the resurrection of Jesus dominated by women. There were four important women in the story plus his two disciples, John and Peter, and then the rest of the disciples. But the main thing is to study what those women did and also what John and Peter did. The number one of them is Mary of Magdala, which we call Mary of Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Magdala was a city in the area, so it, she was called according to the name of the city. So her name is Mary Magdalene. It was one of the several women who followed Jesus in Galilee. And also she used to support Jesus financially, he and his disciples for his mission. And you can read about this in Luke 8 and in Mark 15. And she followed Jesus after he cast out seven demons out of her. And then she started to follow him from this moment till the last moment when he died on the cross until his burial. And she was the first one to come and visit the tomb on Sunday. And as I said before, the Hebrew tradition, the Jews believed that the spirit of the dead will move around the body for three days. So they can say death was confirmed after the third day from uh, what they call death. And so after the third day or on the third day, the women can go to the tomb to anoint the body of the dead. So now we have the first woman who was there. So these women went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus Christ. The first one who went to be there was Mary Magdalene. But there are other two women that followed her. The second woman, her name is Mary also. And this Mary was the mother of James, who was called the Younger, and Joseph. So the second woman, her name is Mary. She was not related uh, directly, but she was the mother of James, the called James the Younger, because we have James the Great, the one who wrote the, gospel, the epistle of James in the New Testament, and he was the bishop of Jerusalem. But this is another James. He called James the Younger. And, Joseph. and we can read about this in John's Gospel. 
So who was this Mary? This Mary was the wife of Kiliubas. This was the wife of Kiliubas. And who was Kiliubas? Kiliubas was the brother of Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So now you will interact or you will see the connection and the network that uh, can connect all of those through Jesus Christ. So the second woman, her name was Mary, she was the mother of James, the younger, and another son called Joseph, and she was the wife of Kiliopas, and Kiliopas was the brother of Joseph, uh, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So we consider this Mary sister-in-law of Jesus' mother. And we can read about this in John 19, verse 25. This about Mary, the wife of Kiliobas. So John 19, 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So now you understand that this Mary is the sister-in-law to Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is not a biological sister. So this is information you may understand. So Kiliobas was the brother of Joseph, who was the earthly father of Jesus. And so this is his wife. See here, this is first woman related to Jesus. The third woman, <clears throat> her name is Salome, S-A-L-O-M-E. And Salome was the wife of Zebedee. And she was the mother of two disciples of Jesus. Number one is James the Great. He is different from James the Young, that was the son of Mary, wife of Kiliobas. So this James is different. So James and John. John, who wrote the Gospel of the John, the three epistles, and the book of Revelation. So Salome was the wife of Zebedee and was the mother of two disciples of Jesus, James, who was the oldest, and John, who was the youngest. And we find this in many parts, in Mark and Matthew and so on. So the Zebedee family was one very famous group or fishing business on the Lake of Galilee. But their business was in the city Capernaum and their home was in Jerusalem. Why I say that? Because they used to sell fish 
to the palace of Pontius Pilate at this time, and some people they can say, when Jesus entered into the palace to be tried by Pontius Pilate, all the disciples left him except John. Why they allowed John to enter and attend the trial? Because he was known to the palace. He was the one who used to sell the fish uh, to the governor there. And also, he was the only one who stayed with Jesus Christ on the cross. So, Salome was the third woman, was the wife of Zebedee, the mother of John and James, who had a very successful fishing business, and they had also relationship with the palace. So now, we can say that there was Mary the mother, this at the cross, but she didn't go to the tomb on the third day, but we have Mary Magdalene, which was very close to Jesus, and we can call she, her Jesus' friend or follower, and Mary, who was the aunt of Jesus Christ, because uh, she was the wife of the brother of Joseph, his earthly father, by adoption. And then we have Salome, three women. So those three women went to anoint the body of Jesus Christ on uh, the third day. And as you know, during the way, they were talking to each other about the big stone, huge stone that was on the entrance of the tomb, and they were saying, who can help us to move or roll out this stone? Anyway, so we have the, now three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the wife of Clobus, and Salome the mother of John and James. Mary Magdalene was the youngest of all of them, so when they decided to go to the tomb. She is the first one that took off and went to the tomb before them. And there she found the stone, it rolled out, and the tomb is empty. So she came and told Salome and uh, Mary, the wife of Cleobas, about what happened, and then they came after her. So now, I need you to focus on the chronology of the events, because many Christians and even preachers, they confuse when they teach the story of resurrection. So please focus on this, to know what exactly happened. So first Mary Magdalene came, and then the two women, Mary, the wife of Kilubash, and Salome, uh, the wife of Zebedee, and also they found that the tomb is empty, and the angel appeared to these two women. So when you read the story, you imagine that the angel appeared to Mary Magdalene. Actually, the angel was sitting inside the tomb and he appeared to these two women, Salome and Mary, the wife of Kilubas. And he said, 
you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified he is risen see the place they laid him the women bowed down to the ground and were overwhelmed when with fear they figured out really the tomb is empty and let's read Luke 24 5 Luke 24 5 in their fright the women bowed down with their faces to the ground but the men said to them why do you look for the living among the dead so now some gospel said one angel some said two angels but anyway angels so the, this discussion or this statement uh, the angel told the women, the women were two here. Clear? Salome and Mary, the wife of Kiliubas. And the angel helped them to go out and also go to Galilee and they tell his disciples to come and see him. So the angels are another group that found in the scene. So till now we have three women and we have the angel whether he is one or two and directly they told the women. So this was the message of heaven. The first one to say that Jesus was resurrected was the angel and he gave this to two women, Salome and Mary wife of Kelubas and then he told them to go to tell the disciples okay so again who was the first one to say Jesus raised from dead and to go to disciples and tell them to meet me him in Galilee they were the angels so what happened after that is Every one of them was so full of joy because they found the empty tomb. They found a heavenly visitor, the angel. And also they will go and have the good news tidings to the disciples that he is not here. He is risen. And during their way back, to tell the disciples so now what happened number one the two women met the angel number three Mary Magdalene left the tomb before them so she was the first one to came to come and to see that the tomb is empty and she was the first one to leave and they tell the disciples that the tomb is empty and I don't know if they stole the body of my master or no. So till now Jesus didn't appear to Mary Magdalene. So here there are two times Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. The first time when she saw that the tomb is empty and then she went to the disciples to tell them the tomb is empty 
And maybe they came and stole the body of Jesus. Return back to the two women, two blessed women, Salome and Mary. When they were in their way back to uh, in Jerusalem, there was another lady by the name of Joanna. J-O-A-N-N-A. -A. Joanna, maybe all of us, they neglect her. But Joanna was one of the ladies that used to follow Jesus Christ and to support his mission financially because Jesus Christ did cast out demons also from her. Joanna was married to her husband, who was the manager of the household of Herod Antipas, was the son of the great Herod, and he was the governor of Galilee at this moment. So now we have a third woman added to the two women, Joanna, and Joanna joined them joined them to come and uh, go back to the disciples and tell them about what happened. So now we have three women, plus Mary Magdalene. The first one is Mary, the aunt of Jesus, the wife of Cleopas, and Salome, the mother of John and James, and their friend, uh, Joanna. So Joanna was not a witness of the empty tomb, but she received the news from these two women. So she went with them to meet the disciples also. So what happened after that? In their way, when they arrived, they hooked up with Mary Magdalene again. And Mary Magdalene this time she went alone to the tomb again. So this is the second time that Mary Magdalene. So again, you need to be very cautious when you read the Bible. Because every action has a meaning and significance. So first Mary Magdalene went to find the empty tomb. She was so upset crying and went back to disciples John mainly and Peter to tell them the body is not there. And then John and Peter went with her for the second time. And when they arrived at the grave, what happened? Joanna was there at the tomb. So now Joanna with the two women went to Galilee and then Joanna returned back with Mary Magdalene and John and Peter to be a witness. So now we have how many eyewitnesses? Number one, Mary Magdalene, witness about the empty tomb. Number two, Mary, the mother of John, uh, Salome, the mother of John and James, and Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Joanna, and Peter, and John. 
So those six were the three eyewitnesses to come and prove that the tomb was empty. And the body gone. What happened? The two disciples were so afraid, you can say, so shocked, you don't know. But John, because he was younger, he went so fast to the tomb and looked, and he didn't see the body of Jesus. But he saw all the stripes of the body, and everything is there, but the body is not there. And then Peter came and did the same. And so they were surprised. What happened? Mary went, Mary Magdalene went outside the tomb to look for somebody to ask him about Jesus. Where is the body? Did you see somebody who took Jesus from the tomb? And Mary Magdalene at this was alone. So while Joanna, Peter and James were at the tomb, Mary went in her way asking for the body of Jesus. And there she found a man who looked to her as a gardener. And she asked him, Master or Sir, do you know where they took the body of my Lord? And then Jesus, he was the man, turned around to her and said, Mary, Miriam, in Hebrew. And then she realized that he is the master. And she said, Rabuni, and she bowed down. Rabuni means the master or the teacher. And so he told her, don't touch me. But go to my disciples and tell them to go to Galilee where I will meet them. So again, Mary visited the place twice. First time to say the empty tomb. Second time with the two disciples and Joanna. And there when she left and take aside, Jesus appeared to her and proclaimed himself as the risen Lord. So who was the first one of humans to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ? She was Mary Magdalene. And then Mary Magdalene, after Jesus revealed himself to her, ran after the two disciples, John and Peter, and told them, I have seen the Lord. He is risen. And again, she wept, and she was so joyful, and the body was not there, because Jesus raised from the dead. And this is the story of how the resurrection was proved. And all the people who were involved in it. But there are another important uh, things that happened on the same day of resurrection. Okay? What happened again? 
on the same day of resurrection. Remember Cleobas? Cleobas, his wife was Mary, and Cleobas was the brother of Joseph, the, the earthly father of Jesus Christ and the husband of Mary, mother of Jesus. So Cleobas, his wife for sure, Mary told him about what happened, about the empty tomb. And the Cleobas was considered an uncle to Jesus. And do you know the story of Jesus Christ when he met two in his way to Emmaus? And they were talking about what happened. Oh, about this Jesus Christ, they said, who was resurrected. And on the way to Emmaus, Jesus met those two persons and they didn't figure out who he was. And one of these two persons was Cleobas, the uncle of Jesus, or the brother of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And so Jesus appeared in the afternoon on the day of resurrection to these two persons went, in, went to Emmaus and he talked to them about the prophecies that should be read and started to interpret all this to them. And then when they saw him talking, they said, oh, he is the Lord. And they figured out. So one of them was Cleobas. So here we have a couple who were witnesses for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number one, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, went to the empty tomb. And number two, her husband, Cleopas, was one of the two persons met Jesus at Emmaus. So let's read Luke 24 from 13 to 32. Luke 24 from 13 to 32. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, and about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along them, but they, kept, they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, uh, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed them over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. 
Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his, his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them and said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Amen. So, on the same day of resurrection, he appeared to these two in their way to Emmaus, and also he appeared the same day, first day of resurrection, to Peter. And we can read about this on Luke 24, 34. Luke 24, 34. The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Amen. And this is the third time. And at the same day also, which is the day of resurrection, he appeared to the whole crowd of them, means the disciples. And we can read about this in John 20, from verse 19 to 23. John 20, 19 to 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Amen. So this was an amazing day for the church. Amazing day for the church, for the disciples, for the women, for the mother of Jesus, for everyone. So first of all, we have three, uh, four appearances of Jesus Christ on the day of resurrection. You need to understand this. Number one, he appeared to Mary Magdalene personally and talked to her. Number two, he appeared to the two disciples. One of them was Kelubas in their way to Emmaus. Number three, he appeared to Simon Peter. Number four, he appeared to the crowd means the disciples and maybe others. Maybe the, the women again, maybe Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with them also. So four times Jesus appeared 
on the day of resurrection to prove to them that he was the one. And now we talk about what is the value of resurrection for us. As I said, resurrection is the core of Christianity and it is the central theology of our faith in Christ. If Jesus was not raised, I will never believe in him. But he was raised, so I will be raised like him to be with him. And as I told before, that we will have the same glorified, resurrected body of Jesus Christ on the last day, when our bodies will be glorified and our spirit will unite with this glorified body together to be with the Lord forever. Resurrection has changed everything in life. Resurrection is not a story to mention, is not an event happened, but it's a true story and proved by eyewitnesses plus the historians of the Jews. So Jesus was raised in deed and he is now in heaven at the right side of God the Father interceding for us and also he will come again to take us with him to be resurrected with him and glorified to be in eternal life. So what happened? We can gain from resurrection. Number one, we cannot be separated from God anymore. So before the coming of the Messiah, even the people were righteous and faithful like all the old prophets, but they were separated. And the devil used to take their spirit and put them in hell and all of them were waiting for the day of the coming of the Messiah to be moved from hell to paradise. And the gospel is based on the cross and the resurrection. So Paul, when he was talking about Jesus Christ, he said, I preach Christ the crucified. And also I preach Christ the resurrected. So he didn't die and gone, but he died to raise to eternal life. And as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, he died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. And as he died, he raised on the third day in according also with the scriptures before appearing to his disciples. So now there is no separation between us and the Christ. We are buried with him, as we say in baptism, to be raised again with him to a new life. And our new life is gospel centralized, gospel saturated believers. We should be 
centered on the gospel. We should be saturated with the word of God. And if you do that, you will never be separated from Christ. You know why many people have up and down in their lives and they call themselves Christians? Up and down is okay, but faith is not to be up and down. As you come to Christ as the resurrected one, you need to be focusing and center your life on the gospel and be saturated by the word of God. And this is why we are in Christ and cannot be separated. Christ's death and resurrection are inseparable in effecting our salvation. You cannot say, I am saved, if you don't live Christ's death and resurrection. So the first benefit we have from resurrection is not to be separated at all from Christ and his gospel. The second, resurrection of Christ is the energy that ignites and empowers our reaching out to the lost world. Many people, they say, oh, we don't care about the missions. We don't care about the gospel. Oh, just we come to our church and worship. No, this is not Christianity at all. Those people are deceived by the devil. The devil is trying to put them down because it's not only to believe in Jesus, but to go out and bring the lost people to Jesus. And how we can gain this power and the energy from the resurrection. So we preach the resurrected Christ. We preach the living God who had risen from the dead. When you talk to anyone about any religion, all the leaders of these religions, all the prophets, most of them are false, as you know, they don't have resurrection at all. So we preach a living God. And how we can get this from the power of resurrection. The church should be a missionary church. God sent the church to the world to bring the world back to God through those who believe in him and preach his gospel. Jesus sent us to the world. Let's read Matthew 28 from verse 18 to 20. Verse 18 then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. And the last we can have in Jesus, there are many, okay, many benefits we got from the resurrection, but I talk about the main. Number one, forgiveness of sins. Because he raised from the dead, I am sure, 100% now that my sins are forgiven. Why? Because he died for my sins and raised for my eternal life, to be alive with him. So the resurrection gave us the proof and the assurance that all our sins are forgiven in the blood of Jesus shed on the cross because there is always victory after death. Second we have in Jesus' resurrection is fellowship. Fellowship with him because Jesus didn't rise and left us this way and say, oh, now I am heaven, I am with the Father. I did my part and I don't have any relation with you anymore. No, he said that he will be in fellowship with us. And this is what we mean by the personal relationship between a believer and God in Christ. And also the fellowship between us as believers and him. Fellowship as a group, as a church, the church is not a building. The church is represented by the people who are believers. So we have members now in a church everywhere in the world, on this earth. Everyone who confesses Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior is a true believer. And we are in fellowship with everyone who confesses this faith. So the second he gave us is fellowship with him and with one another. The third part is hope. The only difference between Christians, true Christians and others is hope. Because we have hope in resurrection, hope in another new life, which is the eternal life. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain, and you are still in your sins. This verse 17. But because Jesus raised from the dead, we have faith that we will have eternal life. After resurrection, there is no limitation of salvation. No one can say, I am not a part of salvation, and no one can say to another, you are not a Christian, so you cannot be saved. No. This is the power of the resurrection. The resurrection gives the power of salvation to every human on earth. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved and justified by faith. And this is the act of righteousness, as Paul said in Romans 5, 18. 
So the death of Christ saves. The resurrection of Christ assure the eternal life. By his raising from the dead, God declared his satisfaction and the approval of the payment Christ made on our behalf for our sins on the cross. And as some theologians said, today when Jesus resurrected from the dead, my forgiveness of sins has been sealed. The price was paid in full and nothing to be paid more because it's not what I do to be saved or have eternal life but what Jesus did for me on the cross. God the Father did approve the death of Jesus and his resurrection as a seal for the forgiveness of all our sins. Again, if Jesus was not crucified, was not raised from the dead, we will be still in our sins. But because he died and raised, our sins are not anymore against us because he had forgiven all of them through his blood. For this reason, we have hope. Other Christians, when you talk to them about any disaster that happened to them or death or whatever, they don't have hope. Why? Because they don't have the power of resurrection in their lives. But we have hope because he was not caught by the death, but defeated the death and resurrected for us and by us and sit now with us in him on the right side of God the Father. So we are so certain that we have eternal life through his resurrection. Without the resurrection, there is no gospel, no salvation, no saving message, no hope in the future. But now I can say boldly that I am saved. I have eternal life in him and I'm waiting for the day when he will come back to take me and the other believers to be with him forever. Amen. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.